Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. Hello, everybody. My name is Danny Palumbo. With me is James Austin Johnson. Hi. And you are in the Macaroni Zone, a podcast that feels like beating the ever-living shit out of Bobby Flay. Beat Bobby Flay within an inch of his life. It's got to be a good feeling to beat Bobby. Oh, it's an amazing feeling. I, I, That's the latest one that I'm putting on to fall asleep to. I, I, Be- Becca likes to watch Gilmore Girls to fall asleep. I put on The right. Office sometimes because The Office is really quiet. It's a really quiet show. Lots of pauses. Right. A lot of paper shuffling. noises. Right. And uh, lately I've been putting on Beat Bobby Flay, which is a noisy show, really over-edited. But when the competitor beats Bobby, when the guy who runs just a restaurant in... You know, upstate New York instead of New York City <laughs> beats Bobby. It's electric. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't happen that often. Doesn't happen very often because Bobby is a true master of I. Uh, what do you call it? American American flavors. Southwest American. He specifically does Southwest. My joke when I do Bobby Flay. If you want me to teach you how to do a yeah. Bobby Flay voice, I could try. What I always do on my podcast: What things are what things? I go. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm Bobby Flay, and I'm a uh, you know sort of East Coast guy. I do uh, Southwest flavors, you know, with a, with a West Coast attitude. That's that's good. That's e- a that's a good phrase. That's a good East phrase. Coast guy, Southwest, Southwest flavors, flavors with a West Coast attitude. How did he start adopting Southwest flavors? Did he spend no time there? When I when I watched, I so to pr- this is what I do. If anybody is is following this podcast specifically because they like the silly voices of James Austin Johnson, I'm gonna take you a peek behind the curtain. I uh, watch stuff to research people. I, you know, thank God for YouTube. Right. I just, uh, I watch stuff to research the voices that I'm going to do. And I watched a 60 Minutes with him. And um, this uh, this is the first step of the voice, how to do Bobby Flay. He has two voices. He has his food network, I know I'm on camera and I have something to sell voice, which is really high pitched. <laughs> and it's really up. He's not from Drama Club. He's been in <laughs> kitchens his entire life. He, he doesn't know how to talk to a camera. And... Um, and then the main voice that he has is the cutaways during Bobby Flay or in his 60 Minutes interview where he's, you know, he's a really low-key guy and he's, uh, he's yes. kind of stuttery and he's uh, sort of thinking you know, thinking on his feet. And he's okay, so what you're doing right now, yeah. that to me, that's him explaining what he's cooking and the thought yeah. process behind it. Exactly. When he has to seem a little bit, I don't want to say studious, but like a little more right. co- coherent. He's talking about food, like a very mm-hmm. technical thing. He's, he uses that. 
Yeah. Well, you know, he's got a Food Network voice. It's a it's a breakfast competition, and uh, they want us to use eggs. And I thought, you know, everybody you see the same egg plate all the time. You always say everybody's doing an omelet. Everybody's doing you know some kind of big egg plate. You know, just like the sunny side up. <laughs> and I didn't really want that. I, I knew I wanted to do a sunny side up because I wanted that beautiful yolk. So I went in the shakshuka, you know, doing a more of an Israeli uh, direction, maybe with a with sort of a, a an infused couscous on the side. Can I get? Can I speaking of eggs? I uh, I I can't do impressions very well, but. There's a sentence that I'll latch on to, and with uh, Marco Pierre White, because mm. I've started like I've started to watch his videos a and lot. And because of you, I have started watching watching him. Marco Pierre White, who is a very uh, we talked about him before, very intense uh, yeah. British chef, uh, the person who broke Gordon Ramsay. Uh, <laughs> when he speaks, he I mean he's what I'm doing right now is making sort of an OK symbol with what, my this, fingers and it's pointing. Not, it's not the OK symbol anymore. It's the white power symbol. It can still be an OK symbol. It's still an OK symbol. Uh, but he, he'll say something very intense and and harrowing yeah. and and mythic, sort of like an egg is the most natural thing. And he just keeps pointing with well, his now finger. he's now he's real smoky and he sounds like Harry Dean Stanton. Mm. Now he's like <sighs> the egg. Yes. Nothing is more important yes. in the world than an egg. It's like he's like a, a dying sort of like half human, half animal thing in a fantasy movie. Like you must get the amulet and put it on the plinth. <laughs> you know, like in a kids movie. <laughs> right. You know, when a goblin is dying. Right. Right. Well, he's the way he speaks of food too is almost in that same like an amulet. It's mm. like fucking it up is a tragedy. Like the way he speaks about like overcooking eggs is like yeah. you know like you just you know spit on some ancient statue. Which in a way he's he's sort of right, but then he's also talking about, uh, and this is probably a phrase that you hate, but he's talking about like peasant food. He's talking about like things that are simple that that are yeah. cooked every day by any kind of person. That yeah. And on one hand, yes, it's you're evil for fucking it up because it requires a delicate touch to nail. But on the other hand, impossible to fuck up an egg. If you if you miss the temperature on an egg, okay, it just becomes. An egg, like you, it, it's 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 like when the elevator breaks down. Er, the Mitch, the Mitch Hedberg, the Mitch Hedberg joke, joke. The escalator sure. breaks down. Yeah, escalator temporarily right, right, right. stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry for the inconvenience. You have a fried egg now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It went from In, a, instead of a medium egg, <laughs> went right, from yeah. a delicious <laughs> egg to an edible yeah. egg. It's I, fine. I understand that. Uh, I, I don't think Gore, uh, Marco Pierre White is enough in the zeitgeist for people to really... But I wish he would get even... More, I wish he would do MasterChef more. I wish he would do Top Chef more so people would fucking know because I think he is... Nor Bouillon, let him go. Nor <laughs> Bouillon cubes, let Marco Pierre White free. Give him the sock. Set him free. He's he's deep in the... He looks like a house elf. He looks like an elf from the Harry Potter movies. Remember, you know they're slaves? A little bit. Yeah. yeah, he's got the same craggy face yeah, as Gordon Ramsay. He looks like he lives under a sink and he crawls yeah. out to cook meals and then <laughs> crawls back in. And if you presented him with with a towel, he would he would freak out. He's the egg fairy. He is an he's, egg fairy. When you when you fuck up eggs, he comes into your house and <sighs> but whip, whips you. With what the were you saying towel. that he does? He he's like so he he points directly at the camera. So he does this a lot. Okay. So he's almost using his right arm almost as like an instrument, like. Sort of conductory, conductory. But Wingardium Leviosa. But I'm on a thing. Harry Potter thing. Here's today. the thing: he's also pointing directly at you in an almost aggressive, very silent, um, uh, lecturing sort he's, of manner. He's, he's looking always, through the camera. He's, he's looking. He's the only person that I know that does a cooking video that is looking directly through your soul. Oh yeah, he, he doesn't have a teleprompter. Yes. No, he's looking straight down the barrel because he knows yep. what he has to say because he screamed it oh. at a thousand weirdos uh, for the, his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He's hired a chef to only make toast. He's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I mean, we've been over this. But he points at the camera, and he and he, and he he kind of like does a very. If you watch it, you would get it. But it's it's a lot in the in the hand gestures. James, will you do mm. uh, one of the, my favorite things that I've seen recently? You do is uh, Bobby Flay show uh, throwing to other TV shows. That okay, he's on? yeah, 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 yeah. Will yeah. you do like so hand, I- Food Network voice? Throwing to other okay. shows that he would have. I did. So, listeners, I did Bobby Flay chit-chatting about the dish. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, Alice Guarnaschelli, she's really tough. You know, she, she runs Butters, a really prestigious New York restaurant. So, we're we we kind of friends and kind of rivals. So, he has the part where he's <laughs> – that's his cutaway. That's his office-style cutaway where right. he's explaining what's <laughs> happening. And then when the camera's back on him – my favorite on Beat Bobby Flay is the end when he wins. Because when he wins, he says some Law & Order shit. He says some CSI Miami shit. <laughs> Wait, what does he say? Like, like uh, what's an ingredient? What was the ingredient that the signature dish? What, what's the dish? Give me a signature dish that he had to compete and win. Oh, uh, paella. Paella, okay. Uh, <laughs> Saffron right. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so so uh, <laughs> the paella, uh, like, well, I didn't clam up, so it was a win for the day. <laughs> So right. he has to do some sh- some CSI Miami style pun at the end of the show before he runs off if he wins. Right. Because if the other right. guy wins, he goes, "I just beat Bobby Flay." Right. That's what they say at the end of the show. Right. So I love when he's got his Food Network voice on and he's screaming over a crowd, which, which is, someone's writing that for him. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. He's got Probably. Bruce Valanche. He's got some little underpaid uh, <laughs> reality show uh, person writing these. So I wrote a couple like fake seasonal. Bobby Flay shows, and uh, I've I've said them sometimes when I do Bobby Flay on what things or what things, but uh, uh, I love to say a convoluted seasonal Food Network show that Bobby Flay may host because he doesn't just have me Bobby Flay. He's got like thirty <laughs> shows, and they're produced by his own production company, right. and he gives a big list of sixteen different restaurants he owns throughout the country. I'm Bobby Flay. Thanks for tuning in. Now stick around next week for my epic Thanksgiving donkey punch and bake fest for fat losers and drunk moms in partnership with Ice Age 28, Death the Cavemen. Let's kill all the humans to stay alive in many more films of this franchise. Holy shit. And then <laughs> I haven't. There's a movie in there, of course. Of yeah, course. it's like, you know, it's got a movie tie in. I don't think yeah. they really do that on Food Network, but for some reason it just feels right. Real quick, has Bobby Flay been a voice in a Pixar movie? I don't think he has. like he a should, mistake. He should be. They should put more chefs in there. Oh, God. If be- Bourdain hung around long enough, I think that he would have done the same thing. These owls, these owls are ghoul, you know. I, I, I really want them to, you know, find their ancestral homeland or whatever, and I think it'd be great <laughs> if we found the mystical sword and we were able to restore peace the valley or something like that you know that, that's really important to me uh i'm bobby flay now stay tuned for my epic redneck miami party boat bake down for shrimp dicks and smoking hot christians brought to you by return of the cruise let's eat the dinosaurs because the cruise ran out of salad and it's dino chomping time what is this show this show's happening on a on a cruise ship <laughs> okay epic redneck miami party boat bake okay down. okay it's a bake down got it so it's an epic redneck Miami party boat bake down. So Florida I, rednecks. Florida rednecks, and I imagine <laughs> they're like it's on a baking boats. competition. It's a baking on competition a party on boat. a party boat. Okay, that's amazing. That's and amazing. And it's for shrimp dicks for and smoking hot Christians. So we're talking about, I mean, this show needs to get made, but dueling party boats. Doing party boats out on like with a big oven, Miami Beach, some, uh, Miami a big Beach. oven, a, a total disaster. So when I write another one of these, it's got to have a Neapolitan 
like 800 degree brick oven. That's oh, like, for sure. That is to me, that's the other thing in my mind is like, stay tuned for my, <laughs> stay tuned. And it's, I like coastal for some reason. Coastal is immediately, uh-huh. it puts you into this a food competition mode because you just, yeah. Yes. Stay tuned for my, my spooky Stephen King, Maine Neapolitan <laughs> pizza. <laughs> right. Neapolitan <laughs> pizza bake off. Right. <laughs> Brought oh, to you shit. by It Chapter 3. The It monster comes back and eats all of the stupid kids. <laughs> What's the town in It? What's it called? Dairy. Dairy. <laughs> Dairy. I'm live yeah. from Dairy, Maine, where a bunch of ghosts <laughs> are harassing me and my family. Can you solve the mystery of the ghosts? We're going to slim pizzas all night in an 800-degree brick, brick oven donated by Neapolitan Pizza Master. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I just, mean, there's... I love the artifice of Food Network. I love the bullshit of it. That's it a, is that's the a, best reality TV. Okay, but why do you love it? Okay, because it's 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 easy to like tune out. It, it's like I tune out, but when I tune in, I really concentrate. Really, it's good. Like if you, I don't really smoke weed, but if you smoke weed, it's incredible weed television because it's TV PG. It's like okay. that's actually TVG. Like the the brand of Food Network. Which you really learn to find. I'm just realizing on Macaroni Zone, I haven't gotten the chance to really talk about why I love Food Network so much. But if you watch Food Network Star, which is their American Idol yes. of idiots, that yeah. no one got, they got Guy Fieri from it, and yeah. then no one, and they've been panning for gold no ever since. Oh Jesus! Right, they're, and they're just coming <laughs> coming up rocks. Um, <laughs> it's got a lot of mica, not so many diamonds, if you know what I mean. <laughs> And um, uh, it really tells you when you watch that show what the Food Network brand is. And it is this exciting, family-oriented yeah. um, uh, for, for home cooks, It's a ca- but it's yes. casual. Okay, let me let – me, uh, so It's perfect entry-level home cook You're saying casual, it's only saying it's on Food Network. These shows, I think it's also worth mentioning, all these shows are a half hour – or an hour long. They move quick. And, and, and they, well, no, I think that's what's great about it. I was talking to somebody recently, and they, like, I can't remember who they were discussing, but they were talking about like an Instagram chefs, and they were like, "No, they really figured it out to like, you know, make things like shorter and like smaller." And I'm like, I think that works for like sketch comedy. A lot of those things, I'm like, I think comedy plays well when it's shorter. But I'm mm. like, but like cooking shows, I'm like, no. Give me a 20-minute, half-hour show. I think it's something great. To, I don't want to watch Jack Pepin speak for three and a half minutes with a bunch no. of smash cuts and rock music. No. I want to watch him, like, you know, sort and of, it moves like, too quick. you want to watch his hands. You want to see the, the slow process of cooking, the, 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 the gentleness of it. Like, that's what you're zoning out on, It is, is that it's a very pleasant, yeah. elongated experience, I it's, think. It's the intersection between art and science in yep. a very real way. You do have to learn science because you're changing things chemically you're you're altering the chemical state of lots of different things and organisms (laughs) like you have to learn the behavior of of creatures half the time and uh it's it needs it needs to be explained to you and i think that's why i didn't give a shit about food until i started watching alton brown like i Mm -hmm. had to watch good eats because the question uh i i would say would you say that your question with food was how what and how? Because mine was why. Mine, my first question word when it came to food was why. Why, why does this? it work like this? Okay. Why are you doing this? Inqui- why inquisitive mind? Yeah. Uh, why do you wait until the pan is hot not, to put the oil? It's in? not how. I'm I'm not interested in because this is the and this is why I grew up kind of dumb about cooking. Like I had to okay. like find out why I was doing things at an older age because I, I, when I learned to cook, I didn't ask those questions. You just obeyed. 
I obeyed and I was like, show me what you're doing. And I'm like, I know it tastes better, but mm. I'm not like, no, what's the Maillard reaction? Like, I don't <laughs> right. care. You know what I'm saying? I'm just sure. like, I just want to know why, like the, the, that, yeah, the why or why we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not interested in the science. So those are the questions. Like, how do I mimic what you're doing? And this is why, like. So it is how. You're a how person. Well. You started out a how person. I, is that a, is that, you think that's how? It's either how or what, Danny, or maybe when. Little kids are big on when. Little kids are big on when is dinner ready? How long is this going to take? When are we going to Disneyland? All these questions are very important when you're learning how to cook. But wh- when is maybe the most important one? When? Because you, pe- it's time. Uh, uh, yes. When do it, I flip it? Heat, 100%. <laughs> what people telling you to like leave it the fuck alone is like such a leave it alone. A defining moment where you're like, you want to flip it. Really? It's not, yeah. Like, how can you tell when it's done when you can't see under it, but you can see, like, you can see even, like, a burger or a steak. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. see the the little edges. You can see underneath that steak. Come to think of it, I want to say, well, first of all, eggs. I think eggs were the first thing that I actually cooked for myself, and it was in college, and I think my dad taught me how to cook eggs. I had only ever had scrambled hard my entire life, and I thought I hated eggs. And then my dad made me the eggs that he and his his dad eat, which is over medium, and you, like... Dice it all up into a big, like, gooey mess at IHOP, and you mix it with the potatoes and stuff. Yeah. That's when I was like, Sounds oh, great. I love eggs. Teach me how to cook it this way. And then when I went away uh. to college, I would cook meat over medium eggs in the cafeteria. There was one hot plate in the corner where you could do your own omelet or whatever yeah. if you're creative. So that's when I was like, oh, I actually am confident enough now with flipping eggs. That yeah. I think I know. And then the next thing I cooked was I had a date maybe five years later. I, I, I seriously got off. <laughs> Huge gap in time. I got off the train <laughs> at eggs, and I was like, I, I know how to cook eggs, and everything right. else will be microwave Michelinas and uh, Stouffer's for one. Right. And, and then I had a date, and I asked my chef buddy how to cook a steak. Because I had a cast iron pan, and I was like, I know I need a cast iron How pan. How old were you? This would have been 23 or 4. Okay. 23 or 4. Wow. And and uh, and I wanted to cook for a girlfriend mm-hmm. to be impressive. And I knew that steak was supposed to be easy. You pretty much just spend the money on the good piece of steak, mm-hmm. and then salt and pepper, maybe mm-hmm. olive oil. and You can get by with one side on yeah. a steak. Yeah. Potatoes, salad. Yeah, S- something I think- you know you can you can you can serve one thing with a steak, and that's it. So you cooked a piece of meat. Yeah, you made one thing, and yeah. then you're done. So as far as like a simple like date night meal goes, like I and under- it's a I understand big, that. Yeah. and it's a big result. That's that's what the confidence. Yes, I, I, the confidence to keep cooking. I think you should start with steak or eggs because the result of nailing a steak is massive. Yeah, and if you just follow the directions, smoking hot pan. Can you drop a little water on it? Right. Does it dance around? Right. Okay, right. you sear it, and then it's done. It's like five minutes each side. And that, the visual of a steak, which is a big-ass thing, and you're looking at it the entire mm-hmm. time. It's not hidden in an oven. It's not hidden in a Dutch oven. You don't have to wonder about it. It's right there. You know what it's supposed to look like when it's good. I mean, it should be crusty, mm-hmm. like without being black. And uh, they uh... then you start to learn, oh, when I eyeball this piece of meat and I see how big it is and I see how thick it is, it probably doesn't need as long as I did that other thing that was really quick. And I understand that. I worked the opposite, though. Every restaurant I worked in, I, avo- I specifically avoided. I was just telling someone this at the 4th of July party. I avoided the grill at every job I had because it was boring. I'm still terrified and, of grills. And repetitive. 
and you're only and the people that are really good at it. Uh-huh. I know a, a, a cook in Vegas who had worked for Gordon a little bit. Got really? to work with him on the line. Really, and I'm sure I mentioned this before. Yeah, I work with Gordon. I work with Gordon a little bit. You know, he, Gordon's, <laughs> Gordon's a pretty intense dude, but you know, he, he knows his flavor. He knows his, he knows British cuisine. He knows steakhouse. He's, but he, he was clockwork. Every steak he cooked, every burger he cooked, perfect, perfect temp. He just he had it down, man, and not just like the the grilling it part, like the letting it rest. The you know you have these rare steaks mm. and these uh, midwell ones or whatever. Like some of them go in the oven on a low temperature to finish cooking. Some of them are just sitting there. Mm. But he was like he orchestrated it all crazy well. And I was talking to my brother about this guy recently. His name is Tommy. Um, uh, he's he's out in Vegas right now. They worked with another guy because they worked at this grill house in the casino. I've mentioned this casino before. And uh, the the this grill house uh, gave people the option for temps on their burger, which I think is a bad idea. I think you should just probably just serve it like medium. You get all these burgers coming in like a busy like you know steakhouse or whatever. Right. Like, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Like a burger should probably just come like medium, and then like that's it. It should. Um, but, but but there's like rare. There was you know yeah. you, you start getting mid rare and then not for and then ground beef. Mid well on like beef. I mean yeah, people eat them mid rare. But um, that it's has, a pain in the ass. It's touched oxygen. It's red. Like it's right. it's it's you don't want that. I understand. Uh, my, my uncle was a freak. Wanted like <laughs> wanted like a mid rare burger. We're like you're fucking crazy. That's insane. Um, you're not a cowboy. It's not the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> I mean, good ground beef. I, I mean, guess. you could yeah. Consume. If you get a high quality, it's fine. anyway. There was a there was a grill cook that also worked at this place. His name was Chuck. No, he he burned a chuck. Was it chuck? <laughs> a chuck on the grill? No, it gets better. He burned. <laughs> he was so bad at cooking burgers, just a bad nickname that stuck, and he couldn't escape. Everyone called him uh, Hockey Puck Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect for Vegas for like just, Don Rickles and stuff. A hundred percent. He should have. He should have gone to Tahoe. Don't let the uh, hockey hockey puck hockey chuck talk your chuck. burger. Yeah. So That's wonderful. That's was, that was a really good anecdote. Speaking uh, yeah. speaking of all these these. We're we're talking about very chef driven stuff right now. Vroom vroom. <laughs> you can't say if you say chef driven, I feel like you should have to say vroom vroom after. Driven, honk uh, honk. <laughs> this menu is chef driven. I think people stop saying that. But uh, uh, I mentioned this restaurant before. One of my favorite restaurants in in Austin and anywhere. Daidue, the chef Jesse Griffiths. Uh, he, uh, I got it. I'm pissed because I interviewed him, sent the interview into Eater. And there's like a snack. They don't want it to be this dialogue-driven piece. And that's what I want. I want question, answer, question, answer. Let him talk. And they want something else. And I'm fighting Mm. them on it right now. Mm. So it hasn't come out yet. And I don't know if it will. I hope it does. In this time that this whole thing has dragged, he Mm. has since went on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. And I was like, damn. A, good for him. Uh, It's like a great platform for him, who's a great guy. And uh, I listened to the first like 15 minutes of it. It's hard to listen to Rogan talk, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I find him uh, annoying. Yeah. 100%. We're comedians, so we don't find comedians that interesting no. unless we're in love with them. But he, <laughs> I, I love Jesse so much that we, I know that we have, this is going to be like a bromance segment here but we have similar opinions on things yeah and i know we think the same thing and mm. he's always been very supportive of like my writing and my stuff and i'm like he said something that i was like i have literally said this before rogan starts to go cheesy fuck he goes uh uh it wasn't until recently that i just i really thought of chefs as like artists you know like he's oh, ca- calling them artists and stuff and uh, uh jesse just sort of immediately uh like 
you know, renounces that tag. <laughs> but he said this very funny thing. He was like, sometimes I'll just sit my staff down, like a new staff, and I will tell them, like, hey, uh, we're plumbers. And yeah. I've said that before. Tradesmen. I'm like, we're janitors. Why yeah. are these people being glorified? But saying that, like, we're plumbers. Like, you should, you need to look at the job like this. I think it's a good way to, like, sort of avoid any egos in the kitchen. Mm. And But I will say, someone that I think worked under him is now was in Top Chef or won it. Oh, really? Or was in the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but so I just love, man. I love the idea of saying, we're plumbers. You look at Bobby Flay. You're a plumber. You're getting your hands dirty. Like, well, why yeah. is this cool all of a sudden? I'm glad it is. Don't get me wrong. But, well, uh, aren't you, Danny, answer this for me. Aren't yeah. you a plumber until you are an executive chef? Once you're an executive chef and you're plotting out a menu, that is an art, is it not? Yeah. You're thinking about the yeah. phases of a meal. You're thinking about uh, the interplay between the starches, acids, and proteins. Like that is sure. that is artistry, is it not? Uh, you know, if I was the person doing it, I wouldn't be like, "This is artistry." Well, no, no person who makes something cool should be that pre- pretentious. You know what it often looks like, though, James. What, what you're describing right now, right. advertising. A lot of it looks like sort of like advertising and sort of like you know sculpting an image oh tell me tell me about that more than it is art well i mean you see when you see a menu for a restaurant yeah and you go you know no no uh conjunctions we've established that oh yeah yeah yeah. lemon kale (laughs) very garlic very stokely black garlic uh yeah 37 dollars a lot of those places with uninspired menus very mechanical looking exposed brick restaurant Mm. Restaurant group, uh, uninspired menu. That's 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 advertising. That's like, that's not artistry at all. That's you know that's that's like uh, building something for rich people to come and spend their money. And there's not really. So <laughs> it's like Disneyland. Even it's, if you are, right. it's not. Uh, it, well, it's yeah. not Disneyland. But even if you're the chef of cuisine at a place like that, yeah, and they're paying you well, that's great. But I guarantee that person took that job for the money and not because they're like. So you know, inspired. So tell me where the spectrum. artistry is. Because there's artistry in food. Oh, that is yeah. a thing Str- that people it, it, feel the urge to say, so clearly it exists somewhere. Where do you think the artistry struggle. in food is? Struggle. I think it's struggle. Right? I mean, it has to be. It has to be like doing something that's like, you know, there's there's uh, there's a hole, there's a need for it, and maybe people aren't like on board with it like immediately, but like you win them over and like... What? what uh, can you think of an example? Can you tell me anybody you think is an artist? Um, in culinary. Look, man. Uh, in in, in you make fun in, of me for in, saying. In, in if you watch Food Network, you hear people talk. Say, in culinary, say it like that. yeah, yeah. It's like just what Trump says. Yeah. Um, we're doing culinary. We're doing we're doing beautiful things in culinary <laughs> in country. Things you've never seen, frankly. I saw a biscuit that had fish on it, and I said, that's not where the fish you go. <laughs> but it was so good. Oh my God, it was so good. I was in Baton Rouge, and they call it boudin. Boudin and it was it had rice in it. I didn't know what it was, but it was so beautiful, wasn't it? Sausage. Some someone tell them it's sausage. Uh if you put anything in a sausage casing, it is now sausage. <laughs> the only defining quality of it right. is the casing. Uh I don't man, I guess all of it is is art, but like I don't know. It's it's hard for me to look at it that way. I, I think you can look at you can look at the places in fucking mm. Chicago, you know, like Alenia and mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing molecular gastronomy and you know, I hate I th- that shit. That's I think boring. That, I, th- I think that's fading out, but like you know, yeah, that's fucking boring. I'm not um, into that shit at all. Yeah, that does no. not excite me. Well, seeing that, let me, let me tell you something right now, James. Okay. If somebody put a plate in front of you 
and you know they opened up the fucking the cover on the it's dish a fucking and, fog a, and, a, and, a, and a bunch of fucking liquid nitrogen or whatever starts to you 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 no you wouldn't say that in that moment you would be like I'm a special boy and I deserve this oh you would say that being served I'm yeah. I'm a I, I'm a I'm a fucking Christian Danny <laughs> I'm I was raised right. right and and when someone gives you something that's a gift of course you don't uh, look it in the mouth you, you you accept it and you say I I love this um, yeah so I would accept that but it is uh still boring to me in concept and it, it's the fact that it's a concept at all that's what's boring to me i don't like conceptual food no. so much i want food to be familiar here's where it breaks my brain okay i don't look at food as art i i look at it as a like um emotional expression mm, and so okay. something sort of contrived and artistic generally is in competition with something that's you know from the heart or emotional I think. Now, there's a lot of great things that, you know, combine both, but in the world of food, you know, something your mom makes or, you know, someone's got this great story and, or you can, you taste, ta- tasting the love in a dish is like a real fucking thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, opposed to eating at a three Michelin starred oh. restaurant called the French Laundry. You know, I think it's different. I think it's now different. we're on fucking Joe Rogan right now because nah. I'm like pondering big questions. I'm like, is That's what fine. moms do it. every day art? It's like that is artistry. I, I, it's like it's well. Yeah, I guess. Here's the thing, Danny. Let's take it into stand-up comedy I, real I, quick. I hate I hate calling things art. <laughs> it's okay. Here, I'm gonna tell you something about stand-up comedy that yeah. I think a lot of times people want to call stand-up comedy an art. This became popular yeah. after like comedians of comedy came out, and they wanted to differentiate yeah. alt comedy from club comedy, Oof. and we had to like think about these things. Um, the, the, for the people who aren't in comedy, like who don't work in it, uh, Danny and I do, uh, we just call it comedy. It's all comedy. Some of it we think sucks, but it's all subjective because like food, it all hits every different tongue a different way. And I, uh, I don't think of comedy as an art form and I don't necessarily think of myself as an artist. If I need an ego boost, I will, but most of the time I shouldn't need one. I most of, I think of myself as an entertainer. I, I work in yes, entertainment. Buddy. My job is to entertain people. I would say that most food is entertainment. Yep. It's a business that requires a specific reaction. You need to yep. have wowed somebody by the end of it. Yeah. And but- that can happen at the hot chicken place where you're just going to spend $12 total. Mm-hmm. That can happen at fucking uh, Nancy Silverton fucking restaurant or Sean Brock or, it or some kind of Michelin It can happen going place. to see uh, Rob Schneider at the Looney Bin. Rob Schneider, same, I fucking listen. hate, and I know he would entertain me. If I went and sat down and I got drunk and I watched him, I yeah. would laugh my ass off. Uh, something that I think a lot, and this is something I believe in, too, is comedy is an extension of the uh, service industry. It is. <laughs> it, 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 it just is. You're working. You're, if you're at a comedy club, guess what? You're working with busboys and servers. Oh, it's like the Though, it's you're like the all server in the split same in half. building getting paid. When you go to a cool restaurant, yeah. the server has to entertain you for a second to get yep. their tip. They have to like talk to everybody. They sit down at the edge and like, "Hi, I'm Christy. Are we having a good time tonight?" That's how they get their tip at the comedy club. You just split that personality in half, and then you have these servers who are like ninjas. They dro- they come in, they get everybody's chicken fingers yeah. and shit. They drop a Pepsi, they drop a Bud Light, they disappear, and then I'm up there getting the servers their tips basically like yeah. i'm on stage getting everyone loose enough that by the by check drop they feel generous to yeah. christine and you're and you're David. working together it, we're, it, we're all on the service comedians staff. should have to attend shift meetings saturday afternoons 
<laughs> I, re- I, really, I really believe that. And they're entitled to the big dumb lasagna. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, everybody, it's time for Fake Food, Real Food, the part of the show where we review some fake food, like a processed food that'll kill you, and then a real food that came from a restaurant or somebody's mom's house or a pop-up. And James, I can, I can I, see what you dug out of the bag, and I'm ready for it to kill me. Well, I have, I have actually, I actually took the time to pair something. So, we got into a drunken uh, Fourth of July, we were, we were all a few beers deep. All a few beers. Deep. I left the party. I came back with a bottle of natural wine, and I drank half true. of it. And we were ready to argue. <clears throat> Everybody about was screaming chips. about chips, and I think we all agreed that Kettle was a very good brand of chip. Kettle, maybe the, maybe the be, best. That was Kettle brand, which I think most people should know it. the The tagline is "Great taste naturally." Tm, uh, uh, and uh, they are distributed by Kettle brand. I mean, this is just this. Well, this this is a, isn't owned by Frito Lay. This 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 no. snack chip. Rose up since 1982. It rose up, and now it's at most stores. It has a lot of shelf space. This commands a lot of shelf space. You see kettle chips everywhere. Oh, they're chunky. They're chunky? They're chunky monkeys. This is, Bunch of flavors. This too. is a crinkle cut kettle dill pickle chip, because I knew that I had I mentioned to you briefly that oh, I love fuck. I love dill pickle chips. My wife's favorite chip, she's pregnant. We're recording in my apartment right now. I want to wake her up in the other room well, and get I mean, her in here. Keep the bag. She'll love it. James, I also got a Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Oh, my God. I want you to take a little sip. Oh, my God. That chip is tops. I love a pickle-flavored chip, man. Why is it so good? It's such a good flavor for a chip to be. At a certain point, okay, I think when you're young, you get used to the yellow bag of Lay's. That is the Coca-Cola of chips. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, that's what they give you. They give you the little brown paper towel in school, and then everyone gets a bag of Lay's, usually on like either a field trip or you have to eat in a park real quick. Or I just remember that was like the first bag of chips I was handed. And then I had to modify it somehow. I needed something, I needed something different from Lay's, and the next step I took was the barbecue, the black bag. Oh, wow. It looked mature, <clears throat> barbecue chips. And I started eating those. And then maybe, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> maybe an, another student would say, oh, James, you like barbecue chips. That's interesting. You know what I mean? You feel really special. <laughs> when you're young and you're a little white kid. He's so and mysterious. When your black friend tells you it's cool that you're eating barbecue chips, you feel really special. That's insane boy. to me because I'm like, hillbillies from Pennsylvania love That's what I'm saying. I, I, it, was, it was an unnecessary you special you take it where you can get it. I haven't had a Mountain Dew uh, Baja Blast. I didn't know you could get this outside of uh, Taco Bell. I don't think ever. Well, they sold it at the grocery store down the street. What's it taste like? Oh, it tastes like Mountain Dew, and I'm getting a lot more lime. I think that's really it. It's just a lot more sweet lime. Ooh, that's pretty. That's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. I've never had a Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You hadn't? You never got no. it at uh, Taco Bell? I don't go to Taco Bell, James. What's wrong with you? That's the only good fast food. Popeye's is good. That's not fast food. McDonald's. You get you get up to the window at Popeye's and they say you're gonna have to wait ten minutes. That's a, we forgot oh, to that's we hilarious. forgot to fry off. After that's a it. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good. Uh, you know, I used to I used to do a bit about how that happens at Popeye's a lot. <laughs> like as soon as you order, they go, "Hey, can you pull around and wait?" And I just want to grab that person by the collar, and I'm like, "The whole reason I came here is because I can't fucking wait." <laughs> All right, <laughs> bring it out. I need to shit my pants right now. Right now, Baja Blast, dude. That's got a very nice. Um, Berry flavor? I don't know. Berry it's, flavor? I think I it's don't sweet know. lime. It tastes almost like it's a key lime, lime pie to me. You're right. Yeah, that's you're right. Boy, that's refreshing. It's like when a candy is lime flavored. That's sort of what it tastes like to me. Dill and pickle chips. Okay, well, talk. They kind of taste pretty good together. They're both green. I Look, get man, it. I paired it. Yeah, I went. I went green. <coughs> dill pickle. I'm seeing your menu right now. Kettle cooked dill pickle chips. Uh-huh. Comma. Baja bless. Uh-huh. Comma charcoal. Yeah, seventeen dollars. <laughs> You say charcoal? Yeah. I've never had uh, kettle crinkle cut. I don't really know what these are. I think this is like a in-between. So you know what this is? And we talked about this because uh, our friend Lindsay Adams had said that uh, ridges were the best chips. Ruffles. Ruffles ridges. Ruffles have ridges. Ruffles have ridges, and they're beautiful and curvy. And like she said, Salma Hayek. She said, <laughs> she said those are the best chip. <clears throat> Four of us said it's kettle. This crinkle cut kettle is, I think, a cross between the two. As my friend Miley Cyrus said, and Danny, you know this, I went and saw Ocean's 12 with her brother Trace. I was the fifth wheel on a double date with Trace Cyrus, my brother, and two hot sisters. And uh, 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 as my good friend Miley Cyrus said once time, uh, once upon a time, you get the best of both worlds. You get the best best of both worlds. worlds. I think I actually prefer the kettle. Always kettle, every time. Kettle, all day. Every flavor that they do, except for the maple bacon. I don't really want a sweet chip almost ever. But salt, that, salt. that changed the other night when I had the barbecue. I had the backyard barbecue. Those barbecue, barbecue were really good. I was kind it's of almost really like they're it. soaked in oil. Kettle chips are almost soaked in oil somehow. I think the Lay's are more oily. The Lay's... Well, the Lay's... Okay, so here's what I like about the Lay's. Okay. And I think that I need to give credit to a plain Lay's chip because... We it seemed like I was in the minority in this conversation about how they're bottom feeder chips, but I, I think they deserve a place uh, in the upper echelon of chips because they are sort of a gold standard. Mm. Uh, the flavor is simple. It's almost like it reminds me of, and I think I mentioned Barberton chicken before. Uh, it's, it's is that a, the chicken up in the the, the yeah, Midwest? Yeah, that I they, think Bobby Flay said is his favorite fried chicken. I believe so. If not him, if not him, someone, someone else did some other white chef. Um, but Barberton chicken is fried in lard, no seasoning. And to me, a, a Lay's, Oh, it's, it's bonkers, but you're really tasting the lard. That to me is very similar to what a Lay's chip is because it's not salty. There's no extra flavor. You're almost only tasting the grease. grease. And I fucking like that. I kind of like that once in a while, James, (laughs) I like that. Just grease is a flavor. Grease is a flavor. That is the sixth flavor, uh, the outside si- of uh, umami or whatever the fuck. <laughs> that's the. Uh, that's the flavor that all of Japanese cooking is trying to avoid. Is the grease flavor? You know what I mean? Well, like, that's what America does well. Is grease and we things do that grease, are deep baby. Fried and fucking disgusting. Uh, give me salt and vinegar chips all day. Salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. Salt, salt and vinegar uh, kettle completely destroy your mouth, and it's worth it. 
Oh, it's so worth it. I, I would say Miss Vicky's, which you can get at Jersey Miss Mike's Vicky's. Subs, is also a great salt and vinegar chip. Danny, what I was talking about with like my journey, my chip journey throughout my life, starts with yellow Lay's bag. You go to the barbecue Lay's maybe. And then from then on, mm. I think the older you get, the more – I think most kids – it depends. Some kids get into the hot Cheetos Takis yeah. zone, and then other kids get into the Doritos – <laughs> the red bag, the blue bag of Doritos. And I think those are yeah. where you go next. Yeah. Some kids, their grades are lacking. They become a problem at home and in school, and they start getting into hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> some, some kids, their parents are divorced. Yeah. They get in the Baja Blast in, and hot Cheetos. Digging in your kid's uh, garbage bin in his room. Right. What is this? Yeah. Like right. you found a joint. They, they come to youth group, but they're not really there to like, you know. Have you heard, Danny, have you heard the stories about the kids who go to um, like the gas station after school. They get the hot Cheeto bag and the guy dumps nacho cheese, like the guy who owns it, lets them cut the bag open like a Frito chili pie and dump nacho cheese on top of it. And like kids keep going to the hospital because they go get their like $3 nacho cheese hot Cheetos snack at 4 p.m. and they eat it all day. <laughs> and then the nurses are like hot coming in, hot coming out. Like kids Whoa. go with like burning explosive diarrhea Whoa. from eating spicy uh, hot Cheetos and stuff. I did not know that. There's like a whole. I heard a whole. It's I don't an know epidemic. If it was like a This American Life or something about it. Um, That's fucking crazy. To add hot Cheetos to anything, this is like <clears throat> this is maddening because you see uh, awful McMansion TikTok moms doing hot Cheeto pizzas and hot Cheeto Mac. It, yeah, it's disgusting it's, to me. It, I, 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 when I was figuring out my identity, James, as like a writer, uh-huh. food writer, I was doing shit like that. Though I made, I made, I made a hot Cheeto you were mac doing... and cheese. I watched, I watched Maddie Matheson make a hot Cheeto mac and cheese, and I was like, I'm gonna do that. And then I did. I didn't really, you know, write about it or post about it, but I, I, I was doing those things. Did it taste like nothing, and then destroy your system? It tasted. The word I use is uh arbitrary and mechanical i didn't think of that you know what i'm saying i didn't yeah. i didn't think of that yeah. that was just there, it wasn't inspired in any way there was no you know can i tell you what i like about miss vicky's is they come in the only time i've had them are in these small arbitrary and mechanical <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like waiting for marriage <laughs> right yeah it tastes like losing like... your virginity on your wedding night <laughs> right you were like i could have been doing this for no. thoroughly unspecial Miss Vicky's comes in small little uh, bags. Yeah, they do. And uh, those are good. Can I tell you, maybe the only truly funny thing that I've ever done was I got so... I did a show in Pittsburgh. I headlined the show. I got paid like $80 or something. And I was, a Heggie. I was like, I got You got paid $80 in a Heggie. I got paid $80 in Heggie's. And I got paid $80. And I think I was home for Christmas. And there was like, a bunch of my friends there. And we went to a bar afterwards. Okay. And we go to the bar. And I'm very drunk. And there's like 30 people inside this small bar. And I see they have a giant chip rack. <laughs> and it it hits me that I'm like, I could buy with the cash that I have every single one of those chips. And wow. then there's another one, which has like considerably less. But I was like, I can't buy all the booze in this bar. But I can't buy all the chips. <laughs> you can't buy all and the chips. so I asked... <laughs> <laughs> I, the guy, I asked. I told my buddy I was gonna do it, and I I asked him. He was such a good sport about it. I was like, "Can I buy every single bag of chips here?" And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Will you count them for me?" And he counted them, and whatever it cost, I think it was like fifty dollars or something. And I just made eighty. But for the for the bit, it was so funny. And I remember he sets the giant chip rack 
like a Christmas tree, a small Christmas tree filled with chips in front of me at the bar and like my everyone exploded. They're like, oh, <laughs> my, my buddy was being my height, man. He's like, he bought all the chips. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I just started You're just th- tossing bags of chips I was out to everybody. Every single person. And we all just started. At, so cool. There was a, like a video of it and everyone was just, you, you just hear, it's almost like a lisp. People were just saying chips, chips. It's just people kept saying chips. And it was so funny. It was maybe the only funny thing I've done because I was like, boy, what a smart thing. so wonderful. Do, which I want to do. You you kind of want to do again. This is a free tip for everyone yeah. listening. You can afford to buy a bar out of their chips, pretzels, whatever yeah, the fuck, you can. and they have to do it. They have to. It's yeah. uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. You should be special. Uh, if th- you're like me and you're making under forty grand a year, you, you want to do something for your friends at a bar and you can't buy a bottle of you know Cristal or something, right? Buy all the chips because you're gonna hit that fifty dollars after uh, uh, three cocktails for people. In Los Angeles, yeah. In Los Angeles, at least. Um, everywhere else, it's like 20 cocktails. But uh, 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 yeah, you're going to hit that $50 really quick. So you want to make something special. And also, mm-hmm. that is when people are drunk, they forget to eat. Yep. And uh, uh, that feels that gives you that hearth feeling, Danny, <laughs> to, to talk about the word hearth that we were talking about. <laughs> that gives you such a nice feeling. When you're drunk and someone yeah. gives you food. Yes, it's like they yeah. knew a problem that you had that you hadn't even oh, acknowledged yeah. to yourself. If you have a beer in your hand, you're hungry. You're hungry. That's you what need this something is. To it's eat. a cry for help. Okay, okay. So somebody shows up. It's not a cart. It's not a taco truck. There's no transaction. There's no need to look at a menu. Someone just shows up at the bar, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to say tacos. Someone shows up at the bar, mm-hmm. and they start handing out, I'm going to go ahead and say it, little bowls. Okay. What sets the bar on fire when a guy starts handing out these little styrofoam bowls with a spork in it? What could what could possibly oh. be in there that everyone would be like, I didn't know I needed this? Ooh. Beer bar. Okay. And someone has styrofoam bowls of something and it's hot and people are just like people oh are melting. They're so psyched. If we're here in Los Angeles and people are pretty well acquainted with Korean food. Fucking bulgogi, like a spicy like. You're bulgogi. just saying white rice with a marinated beef on top. Mm, doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be rice. It can be no noodles. rice. There can be. There can, well, okay, there can noodles? be like a. There can be like a noodle bulgogi or something. Or, uh, you know, I mean that would do good. Uh, some sort of like, God, even those like cheesy trick fries, like kimchi fries. <laughs> I, I, I would. My mind would be blown if I was drunk. Fries. Somebody gave me like. Spicy. Fries are kind of up at the top of the list. Fry, if like they, a, mean, loaded, if they're, they're, a loaded a loaded fried dish French or a loaded tot. I think a tot would be a, a step <laughs> further in the special direction that people are like, <gasps> yeah. whoa! Like I think that would what you really some want inner is, child. What you really want is someone to come out with like a t-shirt cannon full with wrapped up hamburgers and hot dogs and just start to go <laughs> and just start to shoot them. You, what you want is a hamburger. Oh in my hand. god. Well, we've but talked, Danny, we've talked about a popcorn uh, machine, how yeah, the popcorn yeah. machine is the thing that every bar needs because it's self-serve, yeah. it's sanitary, right. uh, and it's also, it's got this little light that like makes you go flock to it, yeah. and it, it's a thing that every bar kind of needs because every bar needs a little snack food. Also, if you're a man and you've watched the uh, Ocean's Eleven movies, you know that Brad Pitt eating chips and thing it's cool. Oh, it's e- cool. Eating, eating and talking, eating and talking, James, is cool, and if you're at a bar- you want to look cool. And so you get a little popcorn. Oh maybe you're fucking around with your friends. You throw a little piece of popcorn in your mouth. I think that's a cool look. I just had an idea. 
It's like a bar without <laughs> drinks. Okay. You just go there to eat and talk with your friends. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be huge. It's, yeah. What, tea and E, talking and eating. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's good. I, I love. I, see, I love that as a bit. Oh. I think it'd always be funny. She's to, got uh, beautiful tea and E. <laughs> Docking and eating. Uh, real quick, let's. Um, I'm combining real food in our special topic of the day. Okay. Because we, I want to talk about the Fourth of July barbecue, uh, and and I and I specifically want to talk about this article that came out. Okay. That the title you sent it to me, but the title is I think exactly uh, admit it. Grilling is bad. That Whoa. was the, for 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 the food insider. This is um, so huge that I think we should people stop for a second, it. Danny. I think we should stop for a second. Okay. Let the little uh, hot jazz play for a second, and let the new segment just start. Okay. I, this is so hot that I think, Danny, we need to hear the hot jazz in a, if for one second. All right, producer, play that hot jazz as we go into this next segment. <coughs> Admit it, grilling is bad. Admit Woof. it. First, first of all, James, let me say. In uh, America, Danny, you're saying this in America. Let me say clickbait 101. Yeah. Admit it. Admit it. Admi- what that implies. Admit it, you fucking slug who Cl- can't be honest with yourself. If you're not honest with yourself, how are you going to be honest with your wife? Do you even love her? <laughs> the idea that you would say. Click on me, it. bitch. <laughs> Click on me, bitch. <laughs> if you're mad enough. You wouldn't last 20 minutes playing this game. (laughs) Sandra Bullock's son looks really fucked up now. (laughs) It's all, dude, it's all, that's all in the same realm. Which I, I, you know, guilty in a a sense that I've written, you know, things like, you know, yes, in and out fries are bad. You know, you're meant, you're meant to click on that. Yeah. But the thing that follows up with it is supposed to be at least salient. In some way, you know, what I mean, like if you're going to have a clickbaity title, uh, it should be, you know, somewhat informative or at least a good article. But uh, uh, this is behind a paywall. I And I Googled this. The outrage over this was amazing. Uh, plenty of food writers, chefs, and then just everybody on Twitter was like, you fucking dunce. Um, it's one of the worst hot takes. It's weird, there. but I, I kind of agree just with the headline. Um, Oh, that like, uh, why are we grilling as an institution? I I think that uh, that you need more than just a technique or a preparation style to make something good. Mm-hmm. You need oh. you need to be more thoughtful. And I think that there are a lot of cynical. I use this word a lot. Cynical grillers. I think that there. I think that grilling can become cynical as long as I grill it. It's good. And you do need to think about what you're doing when you grill. And I I don't know. I've had a lot of bad grilled food in my life. Like a lot. 100%. A lot of bad uh-huh. grilled food. Listen, uh, 100%. Um, I People come into it real hot, real the, confident. They say, oh, I love grilling. And then yeah. you eat their sh- shit and it tastes yeah. terrible. The best way to cook a steak is not on a grill. Not I, at I, all. I, in I, a pan. I don't, I don't think so. On a in pan. In a kitchen. I've had it at a nice restaurant that even did it on charcoal. I like everything else they do, and I, st- I still had their steak. You know what I had to do, and I didn't realize this until I cooked the last two steaks. But the fir- mm. I cooked two steaks at this party, 
And then I had one, and I was like, ooh, that fat's a little chewy. And then I was like, well, you know what? If this wasn't a pan, what I would normally fucking do. It would do, render. I, well, I would I would put it I would put it on its side and render yeah. out and render out the fat. Can't into the, do that on a grill. Pan. Mm, I did it, and you know, all of a sudden I'm in I'm in yeah. <laughs> I'm inhaling fucking smoke. Because the fat drips down. the fat yes. dripped down onto the coals. hundred percent started burning. It, it smelled rancid. It flushed 100%. into your mouth. You burnt your hand holding the steak like you would hold it over a over a burner that focuses the heat. I I cooked that steak for Amy and her boyfriend, and they were very happy. And I, but I, and I knew I was like, yeah, I, I, I got to cook that fat on its side. And you can't really, unless I'm missing something here, you can't really do it on a grill unless, <laughs> unless the fat just drips down That's into what the I hate grates. about the grill. Why yeah. do you want to lose the fat? Well, the fat is what you want to stay. You want that to stay and hang around well, and cause like a, a reaction. Well, like a ribeye. Okay. So a lean cut of meat, like uh, a filet, like a filet mignon. I get it. Grill it. Sure. Something with fat on it like a ribeye doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and so I understand that. But the Food Insiders, I the article is behind a payroll, uh, paywall, which is insane, but just based off of their tweets. Uh, so this is, they reply to the tweet and they say, grills run at a high heat and food burns onto the grates. Burned on food is tough to remove from grill grates. No, it is not. <laughs> Every grill comes with a brush and when that grill is on, every, everything gets wiped away immediately. It pretty much cleans itself instantly. The guy who wrote this is like, uh, it, it'd be funny to like see the guy who wrote this, and he's like really tiny. He's like a guy who just doesn't have a whole lot of upper arm strength. <laughs> and just like The brush hurt little mommy's little angel's arms pretty quickly. Every time you grill, you're putting your new food right on top of the burned old food from last time. So it crusts onto your new food. Ooh. This is what all Dutch. How do you think a cast iron pan works? What do you think fond is? What do you? <laughs> like this is this is how you build flavors. I agree with the guy's premise, and then I understand. every explanation I understand. of it, I'm like, I actually I don't like how you're explaining this. Meats need to be seared to develop flavor. This has been debunked a thousand times. Rever- the reverse sear method. Beef tartare. Yeah, that the, yeah that too. Oh, but I mean also you know reverse searing food works it's yeah good. it does that's how most restaurants uh do steaks right don't they reverse sear most of the time throw them all in the oven first and then take them out and do the sear uh probably not a big bigger cuts of meat maybe yeah but like i don't like a small like steak i don't think so i mean like something like a tomahawk maybe probably i mean that'd be the smart thing to do uh, i mean yeah fatty fatty meats in particular we've talked about can withstand can withstand the grill's heat because the fat keeps them moist but there's a problem grease from the meat drips down in the heating element da 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 we know that um, I understand it, but here's my thing. If you have a problem with grilling, uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, all those things, you don't have to grill those things. There's plenty of, uh, great things you can throw on a grill. What my family does in my, uh, hometown, I mean, there was like a huge Syrian Lebanese influence. We do lamb every 4th of July, every Labor Day, every summer holiday, birthday, whatever the fuck, uh-huh. gri- uh, lamb, Lamb on the rod, marinated lamb goes onto a charcoal charcoal grill, and it's delicious. Now, that sounds delicious. And, Danny, just around the corner from here at My Taco, they're famous for their lamb barbacoa. Yeah. And uh, that is that can be a very Go delicious Go around thing. the world and yeah. pick a grilled meat that's good. Carne asada. Whole hog. Shawarma. Whole hog. Yeah, Philippines. Uh, yeah. Le- lechon or, you know, all, yeah, all yeah. kinds of great. You know, so I—and we've talked about this before, that— you know, grilled tofu 
what a waste. There's a reason we grew up th- thinking tofu is bad <laughs> yeah. because we saw an American, you know, method gr- grilling, yeah, gas, yeah, yeah, grilling yeah, yeah. gas grilling being applied to, you know, like tofu and things, and it's yeah. it's bad. And we've had, you know, we've all we've all had a hockey puck chuck. I feel like you. <laughs> we, we've all had a burnt. I see, but this is why I hate barbecue is, and it's not even, yeah. and this is also why I call it cynical. It's not even necessarily the method. It's the kind of person that sees the grill and says, this is my thing. It's usually yeah. a person who has no clue what they're doing and yeah. they select the wrong proteins for the grill. And I, Oh, what are your, okay. What are your, what are your don'ts? What is worse than a grilled chicken? Breast? Oh, buddy. What I'm the with fuck you. is worse than nothing, that? Nothing. That dry stringy, nothing. like biting into a mozzarella stick, uh, cheese, string cheese from 1984. It's cold. It's yeah. cold, hot and gross cold, yeah. and like stringy and yeah. mealy. Like when you take chicken, which is this thing that isn't supposed to be mealy. It shouldn't taste like yeah. fucking polenta, like like, like rock hard, <laughs> straight from the room yeah, temperature cor- thing. Yeah. Oh, it t- it's so gritty and gross when you yeah. like when you, and you remove all the moisture from it. Yeah. Barbecued chicken is is one of the worst. It's one of the worst things you can ever eat. Yeah, and so. and people insist on it, and it's like at that point, if you're not wanting to eat beef, salmon. Or something like that. Even that. Someone told me they might bring salmon to the party, and I was like, I hope not. Because I'm like, why is that? It's very fatty, right? Well, the, I mean, again, the best way to cook salmon in a pan, pan. skin skin side down, skin side down in a cold pan, unilateral cooking, cook it all on one side for like eighty percent of the process, flip, flip it, it for the flip it for kiss. the last twenty, little kiss. And that's it. And that's it. And that's it. But on a grill, I'm like, I honestly don't know, James, because I haven't grilled salmon. Uh, it I seems like, like a grilled salmon with the marks and the, the char. I, mm, I like you're, it sometimes. What you're, what you're not describing is flavor. You said the marks. The marks are great. I like getting grill marks. <laughs> every time I got a grill mark. I like the a, flavor of that shit, too. Every, every I like time I got a grill mark on a steak or a burger, I was like, still got it. But the problem is, if you're going to keep a salmon together on a grill, you're probably leaving in some of its skeletal structure, and it's not fun picking out pin bones the entire time that you're eating grilled salmon well i've had that happen a lot of barbecues where people oh, really? like to keep the f- salmon kind of like firm and stuff they don't really do the deboning thing which you have more control just over the piece of salmon itself in a cast iron pan you on can't your stove. serve any piece of salmon with bones in it that's a no-no the only the if only you're a bunch fish, of hippies in laurel canyon you mm, can the, o- the only fish that is acceptable to serve with bones is uh sardines that's it and you eat them right whole, whole sardines you don't eat them yeah like, you don't eat the bones in like, the sardine? like a cat dude you know, cartoon cartoon cat, whole fish goes in, skeleton goes out. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, they they pretty much all come with bones uh, yeah. if you if you get them fresh, and but they're just so tiny, it like kind of doesn't matter. Can you eat anything's bones? What bones can you eat? I mean, Our shrimps. <laughs> you know, or, or, I mean, it's what it's a sick illegal thing in America. But ortolan, what's that? Ortolan is uh, they they eat it in succession. It's uh, the opening to one of Bourdain's books. It's oh, yeah, a, uh, it's it's a small tiny bird where you crush its skull with your jaw or something, and it's like, Ooh, what the fuck? But like you eat like the whole thing, and apparently it's like a delicacy. But like, you know, it's an old Roman dish where I mean, I, I don't, Why I don't, I don't want to upset Romans vegans did. just because I'm like, they're Why are we con- doing anything Romans did? Yeah, <laughs> they shared right. their they they shared their toilet paper. Their toilet paper was. <laughs> A sponge on the end of a stick, and it was a literal sponge yeah. from the sea that was impaled on a stick, and they would like toss it to each other as they all shit yeah. in the same room together. We shouldn't do anything the Romans did. Some people came up to me at the party, and they were like, they wanted to talk. I, listen, and I, in theory, I like this because it's catty, 
but people are like they want to talk shit about someone else's like pasta salad or something. Were were you the one that brought this up too? There was like what? a there was like a tomato salad that had like caraway seeds in it. I this was not me. Okay, someone. I don't remember this. a caraway seed anything. There was like a there was like a there was a tomato salad that had like seeds in it or something, and and someone brought it up to me, and they were like, "You didn't make that, did you?" I was like, "No," and uh, and they proceeded to talk about how it was bad. It kind of I didn't I, I didn't want to be privy of that information. I used to maybe want that. You didn't want to know someone's to, salad that they. No, I didn't want to know. Just kind of like about. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. You know, it seemed like an odd choice. But people loved it. I didn't realize this until I was at like a barbecue again. But people love to be catty about shit. They love to gossip and bitch about cold salads. I think it. Yeah, I think mostly. This is this is a very Baptist uh, uh, way of relating to each other. It's very Baptist gathering. Uh, just to Any, potluck, just to potluck and set yeah. out. Everyone comes with the casserole dish and they set it down and they're like, this is what I brought from my home. And it is. That's a very Christian thing to do. It is rife with jealousy and tension. Oh, God. It's all terrible. of those. The, you know what I'm the, saying? All the peacocks strutting around in their, <laughs> strutting around in their finery and preening themselves on the this lawn. Is, it's like the playoffs for aunts and, and moms and. Now, granted, our party was full of people in their mid thirties, uh, drinking Bud Lights and uh, uh, yeah. being kind to each other for the most part. But yeah, there is something <laughs> for the most you're burying your soul when you yeah. set down that pasta salad that you got from home. I I love to talk shit, but you know, someone that came to a party to bring something, I I couldn't do it. I I, I couldn't like tell someone it's bad or even talk about it. Yeah, with somebody else, it would just seem too. I don't know. Not so classy. Not cl- you know what it is. It ain't it's, classy. It's, it's not classy, James. It's not classy. But uh, grilling, I think it's fine. I think if you you know I I wanted the things that I cooked for that barbecue would none of it would have been my first choice to do. I wish I could have done something like lamb or now you, know, you grilled burgers. You grilled I gr- hot dogs. I, gr- I grilled burgers. I br- you brought something special, longanitsa, uh, which I've uh, had. Uh, uh, wait, no, how do you uh, say linguisa. it? Linguisa. Linguisa. I've had this in San Luis Obispo. I think it is a sausage. Is it Portuguese? Yeah. It's a Portuguese sausage that they serve in the like central coast of California, and you see it a lot in diners up there for some reason. Really? Up in that part. I saw – we went to a couple diners when we went to Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo, huh. and we saw – how do you say it? Ling- linguica? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, lingu- linguisa. 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 Yeah, and I had it yeah. I had it in an omelet, and I that's Oof. when I had it, and I was like, oh, this is delicious. It's salty yeah. and crazy. You know what I did that I, if I just had one thing to concentrate on, I would have done this for our party, but I went to uh, Dave Waits for Memorial Day. Uh, comic. He had a cookout. I brought um, linguisa, and I brought, like, big hoagie rolls for sausage buns, and then I made... Uh, like a uh, pepper, peppers and onions red sauce. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I put I even put like a little fish sauce in there just for like extra Ooh. umami and like yeah. Yeah, tons of people do that. But like to make a sausage sandwich with linguisa and then peppers and onions on top, the people that ate it were like, "This is fucking incredible." And I'm like, yeah. I love like a I love a classic sausage sandwich. For me, like a like if I if I'm gonna grill something, one thing, lamb, charcoal lamb, sausage sandwiches. Just pick one thing, do it cold salads and sides all the other stuff you know just pick one thing you know yeah. when people start bringing like salmon and shit and you're doing burgers and like hot dogs and of course like now like impossible burgers and stuff which yeah, i'm more vegans. than happy you need to do the round for the more vegans. than happy i know yeah scrape yeah. the grill do that but like i think if you, grilling do one thing just do one thing and do it well 
And that's it. Because different things need different heats. Different things need different uh, timings and stuff. And to get the most consistent product out of the grill. If you want to cook a bunch of things poorly... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't like grilling because the people I, the people yeah. that are selecting the the people that are doing the grilling are also selecting the meats and then they get overwhelmed by their budget. They're like, oh, I should buy shitty stuff. If we had a big charcoal grill cookout, I mean, you would you'd love it. It'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun. And we did something good. And that's what my that's what my winning going back is is when are we grilling out again? When are we grilling and, again? And, and, and I don't mean for a party. I don't mean when when Labor Day rolls around. You know, when are we going to get back to Joe's or to an outside scenario and just say, hey, apropos of nothing, let's Let's grill again. Let's get eight of us together, drink some beers, and grill some shit. I mean, how, I mean, you, so you don't, it doesn't seem like you miss grilling, but I, I want to do it. I want to do it your way. I want you to do it. Let's do something. And I will make a mac and cheese or something. Let's do that. Because I don't want, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to cook for fucking 40 people again. No. Because that's, you know, that's, it's fun, but it's not like, but for like, you know, less than 10 of us. Yeah. Let's do something cool. We could do. On, on, a, on a charcoal grill. We could do that. We could even make it my birthday party. Well, you know I what? I love it. But our birthdays are very close together. Well, yeah, Why we don't do we just do a duo birthday thing? Speaking of which, wait, when's your birthday? July 19. Okay. You know what? The 14th, my birthday, next Wednesday. I'm thinking about having a bar thing. Bar thing? Yeah. I don't know. The roost. At the roost, we can You're combine really if saying you want. This on the pod, yeah, uh, yeah, we can combine it. All right, we'll figure I, it out. I, I, yeah, it's uh, it's this thing where it's like. Uh, you get into your 30s and you're like, why the fuck am I celebrating this anymore? But the bar, yeah. the bar party. I want a bar hang. The bar Post COVID, I want a, I want a bar hang. Bang. And the roost is a good place to do it. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area, I'm sure you already know about the <laughs> roost already. But it's a dive bar that just so happens to serve. Thai comfort favorites. Yeah, yeah. You can get drunken noodle. You can get uh, you can get pad Thai. You can get pad CU, which is like what you were talking about—a hot noodle yeah. dish with some with some protein. Yeah, that's a big hit at a bar. A lot of bars got to start serving some Thai food, some stir fried noodles. That's what I'm thinking next Wednesday. Um, I I I want to grill again. I want to grill. I want to grill in the summer, outside of the holidays. As like as like, let's have a Sunday dinner. Let's do it outside. I'll do put, that with put you. A, put a tablecloth on. I want to do that. I'll do that with often. you, but what excites me is the thought of maybe doing a scratch baked beans or something. Oh, yeah. The sides are the fun part for me with yeah. those. I'm a veggie plate guy when I go to a meat and three oh, in the south. Ranch. I usually go four sides, and I, and I just get sides. Uh, Cracker Barrel. I'm a side person. I never even get the proteins at Cracker Barrel, yeah. just the veggies. Hash brown casserole, green beans. Uh, uh, pinto beans, which Danny, I mash the cornbread out, pour the yeah. green, the, the pinto beans over the top. I get raw white onion and I, and I crumble that over the top of it, a little drizzle of ketchup, which is the disgusting part <laughs> and some black pepper. <laughs> it's like something that they ate in the 1890s or whatever. I yeah. think it's amazing. Well, my, my mom makes like a cornbread salad that is a cold cornbread salad. Like a panzanella kind of thing. I don't know if that's what it is or not. It's, I think it's got like mayo in it and bacon. It sounds disgusting, what? but for whatever reason, I, if I see it in the fridge, I'll eat it. If I'm back home and I see a cornbread salad Cold in there. Cold cornbread salad yeah. from the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold corn, cornbread and tomatoes and bacon 
and uh, uh, it, it's lightly. Kind of get it. It's lightly mayo based. When when you when I say mayo based for things, people are picturing heavy mayonnaise, and I don't do that. I do some mayonnaise, a lot of vinegar, and you know oil or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people think that you're just like you're eating a spoonful of mayonnaise. I'm like, there's very little in there. Yeah. But that's what this salad is, and it's. A, I know it's like a little white trash or whatever. And well, that uh, sounds yummy. I'd eat that. But uh, yeah, my mom. My mom loves it. Let's do. Uh, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it this summer. Okay. We'll do it this summer. Um, James, anything you want to plug or? Uh, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shrimp Jadge on Twitter and Instagram. That is Shrimp J A J. We I made both of us Negronis before we started recording oh, yeah, this. For sure. And I'm fully slurring at this point. Yeah, I, I think there's the a little bit of that in there, and that's fine. Uh, right? Please excuse me for my uh, enjoying my time <laughs> and my afternoon in my home. This is our first one that we're recording from uh, my apartment, so yeah. hopefully, it, hopefully it works. We got out. a new setup. Um, got a new setup. My name is Danny Palumbo. Follow me on Instagram, at Palumbros, P-A-L-U-M-B-R-O-S. If you have any suggestions for the show or things you would like us to talk about, I mean, I think we're in the process of getting a Patreon or, or finding a way to connect with people and take suggestions and, and, and do some different things. Um, follow know. the Instagram. Follow at the Macaroni Zone. Follow the Instagram. On the Instagram. Email us. Talk to us. DM us. Let us know. And Danny, if uh, if you are in, listeners, if you are in the Los Angeles area, Danny is still making bespoke pastas. Yeah, yeah. I said bespoke. Uh, he makes them to order and he makes them fresh. Yeah. Uh, get some pasta from him. My wife is resuming her biscuit making now that she is in her second trimester, has some more energy. Yep. She's making more Southern-style biscuits in the Los Angeles area. Amazing. Please pick them up. At Mima's Biscuits, that's at M-E-M-A-W-S Biscuits. Order from Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, this has been the Macaroni Zone, and we'll see you next week. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The macaroni zone.